Welcome to Trail Manners, the podcast so dedicated to mountain trails and running that they broadcast out of a 78 Volkswagen bus in the mountains. Who does that? Eric and Joel are your hosts and will bring you the trail life as you may have not heard it before. You hear about everything from gear reviews, nutrition to keep you upright and moving forward, and they'll even bring guests into the bus for conversations that you won't hear anywhere else. It's time for some running adventures on a higher elevation. The old 78 Volkswagen bus is fired up and headed to the mountains. Here are your hosts for Trail Manners, proudly representing the 801 with their passion and love for the trails, Eric Manning and Joel Hatch. Welcome to the Trail Manners Podcast, episode number 32. Today, we're going to be talking about the Scout Mountain Ultra Trail Race we participated in over the weekend. There's a few other random trail things coming at you. So if this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Trail Manners Podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at trailmanners.com. Come back often, and please feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Trail Manners. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get after it. Welcome back to another episode of the Trail Manners Podcast. Back in the studio with me today, Joel. Yep. How you feeling today, Joel? We had kind of a busy weekend. I'm feeling pretty rough still. <laughs> yeah, so am I. Yeah, we, uh, we had all intentions. We had all our gear up to uh, Pocatello for the Scout Mountain Ultra Trail Race and had all intentions of doing a show. Yep. We even stuck around even for an hour or so after the race, and we just couldn't pull ourselves together. No, we were a hot mess. <laughs> it was it was pretty ugly. It uh, so yeah, we apologize if uh, we didn't catch you um, at the race. We wanted to do something up there, but I think it's still pretty fresh with both of us, as we you know just knowing how we feel right now that we can cover it pretty well. I think so too. Yeah, we we stepped up to that challenge, but got spanked bad. Yeah, it's uh, Mister Mister Heat came in and I think threw a variable into. Uh, some things we weren't ready for, or maybe even used to, or both. Yeah, definitely. The, there's no there's no substitute for heat training unless you're actually training in the heat. Yeah, and I'm still a little concerned about the heat training thing. Like, I'm wondering how much it really, really does help when you get to that temperature. For people like myself, especially, who just hate heat in general. Right. Because we know people out there that love to run in the heat. Uh, I don't know anybody. Jim Skaggs. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so the people that like running in the heat, I don't know how if it affects them as bad because it's like, oh, I like heat. Or, right. I mean, it's got to, but people that, me, at 75, that's time to start taking things off. Yeah. So we get much higher than that. It, it gets it gets naughty. Yeah, I think it's more of a, it's that combination of physiological and psychological. You know, if you can just mentally say, all right, I'm okay with this, then it's probably going to help some. It's better than griping about it i guess and i i think i that's one thing i think i did pretty well with during the race is it was hot yeah. but i never was like oh my god this is brutal i mean inside yeah. sometimes i thought it but when you'd pull into an aid station they'd spray you down yeah i think what got me and i'm gonna blame uh the race director for this luke nelson is when we saw him the night before and even the day of he said it but he's like yeah you get to this one section it's like 20 degrees hotter Right. And so the whole first part of the race, I'm waiting for this one section. Thinking, I was too. I, I never oh. felt that though. I think it got hotter uh, on the way up to Scout, right when you cross the road there. Yeah. Just that section because it's a little bare and, and dirt and stuff. Right. 
Um, and I don't know the names for these things. I probably should do better studying the course names and, and right. stuff. But I kept waiting, and I thought, God, if it gets 20 degrees hotter, I just may as well. Because there was no rules on running naked. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, he didn't say anything. There wasn't anything on the website. That's true. So I was thinking, you know, if it gets that bad, I might take off my hat. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd stop right there. Oh, man. That would be brutal. Yeah. So I think that... uh Let's recap the race real quick. So you caught up to me at mile 20. Yeah, that aid station there, yeah. 20, 21 right there. Right, that Scout Mountain aid station is where you caught up to me. So tell me a little bit about how your race went up to that point. Well, obviously I wasn't even, you know, and we can always say this, but without a doubt I can say I was not trained for this distance. I mean, right. my longest run, as long as I can, and I did Wasatch in 2014. Yeah. Right? And so 2015, that nothing. was a wash. Yeah. And then this year, really nothing. So since Wasatch 2014, I think my longest run was like 18 miles. Right. So, so that's like a Lewis Peak type of yeah, training run. something like that. One of, yeah. yeah, or Lewis Peak run. So uh, I went in knowing, okay, you're not ready for this distance, but it's a good gauge to see, you know, kind of where you're at. And, and I have been training well the last few weeks. There's no question about that. But, you know, Bryce 50 coming up. Right. So the other thing I didn't do is elevation. I haven't done any climbing at yeah. all. I haven't been up to Maylands, nothing. And there was like supposed to be 8,900 feet of climb on this course. Uh, there was. And so we start at City Creek yep. and it's just a, it's a go, right? Yep. From the, from the get go, you're going up and it's very runnable in parts. It's pretty much, I think so. All yeah. the way, all the way up until you pop out of the trees. Yeah. And that's what, is it like four mile, three miles, something like that? Uh, yeah. It's there. at least yeah. three or four miles. So, you know, I, I felt pretty good, started out, tried to get my groove going and I immediately noticed I was sweating pretty hard. Yeah. Cause the race starts at eight thirty. Yeah, it does. We got to talk to Luke about that. Yeah. That was, that was tough for me. So I don't know. The first part was pretty good. I met a couple people that listened to the show. Um, that right came on. up behind, started talking to me. One guy, uh, Carl, he was like, Hey, you're the reason you're, you guys are the big reason I did this race. It's my first ultra. That's cool. You know, we heard about it. So I blame you. Yeah. Well, he will take that blame. Well, he blazed by me and I never saw him again. So <laughs> he was a lot more prepared for it than I was. Nice guy. Um, but the first part was good. Uh, the climb out of there, you know, I tried to take it kind of easy knowing what I had in store the rest of the course. But when you hit the, wherever the top was on that, whatever mileage, that next section was probably one of my favorite parts of the course, if not the favorite. Like that double track section? Yeah, where you kind of go through the trees and right. you're kind of winding by the creek. Yeah. And it's really shaded and green before you pop out to the, the that, second aid station. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's, that one. That, that's like the best part of the course. Yeah, that was, Hands that, was down. that was amazing. And I felt great right before that second aid station, which I think is mile 16. Um, the first 100K guy passed me, the guy that took first place. Um and right then I'm like, wow, he's, he's, he looked good and he was moving. Yeah, he was, he was hauling butt when he passed me too. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's all right. Um, yeah. So right, that was before I, I caught you hit, hit across the road and that's where it got a little naughty for me. It got hot. Right. 16 miles in is almost my longest run in a year and a half. Yep. And it was just a grunt all the way to scout. Yeah, it was. Until, you know, mile 21 when I caught up with you. So the first part, I tried to take it easy, drank a lot of water. Um, as you know, I've been doing the uh, Whole Food 30 right. for about seven weeks. Um, so I had like a couple gels, had some watermelon, but I did have a piece of quesadilla. Yeah, at the was, well, second aid station. Yeah, mile they had 16. Case, case, they had quesadillas there. That, yeah. Those were good. Those were really good. So that was the first time I'd really eaten anything like that in a while. And right. It tasted really good. And then about three miles later, I could feel it. Like I hadn't had cheese forever, like six, seven weeks. I haven't had 
tortilla or, right. or anything like it. So I started to feel that a little bit. And I think the rest of the way I tried to focus more on, I had some chips, um, had a few, uh, V fuel gels. And then I had, you know, I did do salt tablets, S caps and uh, fruit. That was pretty much the rest of my race. Right. Um, but yeah, when I caught up, I was surprised to see you, which was nice. Kind of gave me a little boost because you right. took off before me and I just tried to keep pace with you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So up until that point, so up until mile 20, um, you know, I, I, my goal is to run as much of that city Creek trail as I could. And I think I accomplished it. I'd say I probably ran 20% or I'm sorry, 90% of it. And then when you pop out of the trees there and it gets really steep, that's, uh, it felt a little, a little funky at that point, and that was my first uh, kind of wave of nausea that I would, you know, stay with me until the end of the race. Um, and then, like you said, my my favorite part of the course is coming down. I'm not sure if that's called Midnight Creek. Yeah, I don't. I I don't study. I so it's coming down to the first aid station, and this is this is all reference to the the 60k course. So coming down to that first aid station. Um, that's pretty fun. Um, and then you have this this grunt right before the first aid station. I think in some years that first aid station is before the first or the, the steep climb, yeah. that steep half-mile climb. Um, this time the, the first aid station was on top of the steep climb. And then from there, going down, um, in the past, I was able to run that really fast. This time just kept it. Around that nine-minute pace, if I ran any faster than that, I felt like I was going to throw up. So I had to dial it back. I got into the second aid station, felt really good, grabbed the quesadilla, felt wonderful, crossed the road. Uh, I was climbing decent for the first two miles on that double track. And then you kind of turn off of that and you get up into the trees, and that's when the, the wheels on the bus just really came off, and I just slowed down dramatically. Uh, got into the aid station. Um, somebody poured some ice water on my back. About died. Oh yeah. That was really a rude wake up, but it helped. Um, got out of the aid station. Felt really good there for a little bit, and then you and I got onto the Scout Mountain climb. Boy, just ugh, <laughs> man, <laughs> the heat just wore me out more than anything. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of the the gist of the story is just wore out well i wish someone you know not, i don't know if i wish but it'd been fun to see if someone before we got to the top of scout that little switchback with the snow yeah if someone would have got a picture of us in the snow oh that one <laughs> so there was there was i think his name was ben he was behind us uh he was the taller guy with, yeah. the, with the beard um so we get to this we were walking up to the snow bank and i told eric i said let's go lay down that snow bank so we go over and both of us are 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 kneeling. It looks like we're praying to the snowbank yeah. and we're rubbing the snow all over us. And Eric gets up first. And then I turn around and I see, I think it's his name is Ben. He's just laughing at us. <laughs> I'm like, get in there, man. It looks good. You yeah. know? <laughs> and, and just to clarify, when he says we're rubbing snow, we run up snow on ourselves. We weren't rubbing snow on each other. It uh, wasn't, dude, it I would, I would have let you rub snow all over <laughs> me at that point. I was so wore out. Yeah. I just stuck my knees in there to kind of chill them off. Yeah, head first, head like first dove in the in snow. There. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was like we were praying, and then I just rubbing it on my in my lower or on my neck, yeah. letting it go down uh, my back. So, yeah, and then we uh, finally, which seemed to take for a, a while, even though I've been on it before, we got to the top. Yeah, that Let's thing go. is a long way. It like, is. Like you, you're thinking you're done. No, you're not done. Yeah, you hit a corner, and it's like, oh, another fall summit right on. Yeah. <laughs> And then you look forward, you're like, okay, hey, I know when we get to the top, we got about 2,500 feet 
of just downhill. Yeah, yeah. Right? And that gets 2,500 feet quick. Yeah, that, that first uh, dive off of there is serious, just straight down. That hurt. Yeah. I, either I didn't, I wasn't expecting it or I didn't read the rule book. <laughs> <laughs> but when that came up, I was like, oh, man. This is gonna hurt worse than I want to. Mm-hmm. Well, because I've been—I was looking forward to downhill for so long. I was too. You know, it's like, oh god. And then I changed my mind yeah. real quick <laughs> once it, I got like, into it. Oh, this is no bueno. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then after a little while, you get on that—that that fun little single track. Yeah, and that's another really great section of the course—the the single track that's buffed out trail for the most part, and uh, you can comfortably run down that one without a problem. Yeah, and hit that uh, aid station, and you get a lot of shade. Yeah, you do. A lot of green. Yeah, um, you got into aid station before I did. So this is aid station number three yeah, for the six thirty one. Thirty one, yeah. So this is aid station number three for the sixty K course. You got in there before I did. And um I got in there and Rock Horton was in there running the aid station. I didn't realize he was running the aid station, so I looked up and he was dumping ice water on my head. <laughs> Thanks, Rock, for doing that. <laughs> and then uh immediately I was looking for quesadillas. Yeah. Uh, they didn't have quesadillas, and then somebody said, Well, I got pierogies, and I looked up and there's speed goat Carl. He's yeah. got pierogies. He hands me the whole plate. I almost ate the whole plate. Yeah, you you kept grabbing. Yeah. I was watching going, Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh you were sitting down and I was like, We gotta go. We can't sit here any longer. And uh, I prodded a couple of people, and we uh, got out of there. That climb out of the aid station is serious. Yeah. What is it, half mile long, maybe? Pretty close. Yeah, and you get up. And it's steep. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. It's And then you kind of top out of the steep part, and then you have just the grind through the heat again. Yeah, you do. And the downhill wasn't much fun on that either. Yeah, my necklace broke, so I was kind of bummed about that. It, right it's another that. just like straight down the hill type of running. There's no switchbacks. Mm-hmm. You just have to hope you don't crash and burn or if you do just keep rolling to yeah. get down there quicker yeah you do <laughs> <laughs> and then you pop out at that road the road is that the road that you drive up to the start finish or is that a different road that's a different road yeah yeah that, that was throwing me for a loop because at that point i was like i have no idea where i'm at so you never run in the past and in the past you've run from that aid station that carl and rock you'd run down the road itself right like you wouldn't do any of that trail because everybody's like, oh, the road, it sucks. Well, I'm telling you what, that trail sucks too. <laughs> yeah, I thought so too. But yeah, you'd run down the road and you'd pop out at the Nordic Center where when we crossed and they mowed that sweet little whatever. Oh yeah, it's one of the, the, one of the runs, one of the Nordic trails. Yeah. They mowed it. Yeah, and so then that takes you through the Nordic area and then up over. So you're hiking up that. So don't 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 gloss over that because I thought that was like one of the hardest parts of the course. Well, that's where I just closed my eye. I literally looked at my feet and I just kept going. And yeah. I, I thought I got off course one or two times. I seriously wasn't looking anywhere but where it was mowed. mowed. Yeah. Yep, and I just stayed on. <laughs> that was hard for a couple of reasons. One is it, it's a long climb. It's 800 feet. And it just never stops, but it's a mowed path, right? Mm-hmm. So you still have grass that's four or five inches tall, so that's not easy to walk through. Yeah. Well, it's the grass, it's that the weed, the thicker right. stuff, and so it wasn't like you could find like a good place to really right. get a groove going. And then uh, you're just getting beat by the heat at that point. I just want to be done. Yeah, you you want to be done because you keep in your head. You're like, this is the last climb. Yep. Right. This is the last. And I, you know, knowing the course after that, you know that you've got kind of a gnarly section of downhill, and then it just kind of is more of a. It's still a little steeper, but it's right. you're tired by that time. It's a cruiser downhill, a little yeah. technical with rocks. Yeah, you definitely have to be on your 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 game, or you're gonna face plant big yeah. time. Yeah, um, and then you jump back out on the road, uh, follow that for a little ways, but felt like a long ways. Yeah, it did. Um, and I. I 
told you before, and I don't know if I should admit to this, but before I popped out on the road, I walked a little bit. Oh, I'm I like, did some too. Okay, there's going to be people. I don't want to see me not running this close to the end, but I need to recover a little bit. Yeah, you got to get your act together, right? And then the girl's waving the cowbell, and I'm like, yeah, I've been running. You know, yep. I, I run down <laughs> the road, then you hit the turn to go into the campground, and again, I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop for a minute, because I know there's going to be people at the finish, and <laughs> I don't right. feel like running the rest of the way. And then a car came around the corner, and I immediately took off again. Yep. And I'm like, well, i got to run the rest of the way now. So. Yeah, dude, that's, that's a long way from that point where you take a right off the main road <laughs> to the finish line. Well, it seemed to me it did. It's longer than it you want it to be exactly you, just, you do you just want to be done you just want to get done yeah then when you get to cross the finish line and uh oh man <laughs> you finished before me and uh i came in you're sitting in the tent not looking so good <laughs> i wasn't looking pretty white uh, and then i sit down and boy the the world just starts spinning thank goodness coach ty was there to take care of us yep well when i came across i sat down you know he gave me a high five luke gave me a hug i sat down and in the shade and i just didn't i didn't know what to do like usually when i'm done i'm okay but i'm just like i don't know what to do and ty comes over he goes what can i get you what do you need i'm like the key to joel's van (laughs) (laughs) i just want to go get in the van i was a good like 10 or 15 (laughs) minutes behind you he's like what do you need out of the van i'm just thinking i just want to lay down in the van exactly (laughs) even though it's a good 20 degrees higher in the van i I just want to lay down I'm like, well, I could use some Ultragen that's in there. Oh, I got some over here. What do you want? Cappuccino fruit punch. I'm like, vanilla? Yeah. <laughs> so he did. A, it was awesome, though. I mean, he went and Ty got me some uh, Ultragen fruit punch, which I'm a huge Ultragen fan after I run. Because that's a little bit of sugar to keep my, you know, get you going again. Right. Plus recovery. I'm a firm believer in that. But took some of that. And I just literally sat there the day. People kept coming over, need anything? And I'm like, no. I, w- I didn't know what to say. Yeah, at that point, you, you do need something. Yeah. You just don't know what to ask for. Yeah. What do you need? I don't know. Tranquilizer? I don't know. Just put <laughs> yeah, me out. Exactly. But I think what helped is Ty got us both in the creek. Oh, yeah. Where, I mean, there's this nasty old creek running next to the start-finish area, and I didn't care. I didn't we, did, we got in there, like, you know, chin deep. And I think that's that helped. If we had not gotten in that, we would have been in even a higher mess than we were. We'd, I would probably still be up there. Probably. <laughs> after we got out of the creek, we were like, all right, let's grub. Yeah. So after a good long run, like I love sitting in rivers. And the whole, and I mentioned this to you, the whole course, everywhere you saw water, it was crystal clear, yep. drinkable, just beautiful, pristine, cold. At the finish, it was looks like, I think cows were turding in it up the river the oh, whole time. Totally, but I didn't it care. Was just, I didn't either. I, when I got in there, I'm like, I'm going to have a leech or two. Oh, totally. Zika you know? all the way. <laughs> but yeah, I dunked my head, got under that. Later on, I'm up scratching my head, and stuff's falling out of my head. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I don't care if that's goat, cow, <laughs> moose. I don't care what, what t- took place. But yeah, and that's when we decided to go change. Yeah. You know, got out of there and grabbed us some baked potato because I was starving. Oh, yeah. I was hungry, too. And uh, I couldn't eat. Yeah, that's right. You, <laughs> We were sitting at the end of the pavilion, and uh, Eric's just looking at his food. And I'm, like, scarfing mine down, and he's like, I'm not sure about this. I'm like, oh, I'm sure about it. But I'd have to take a break and lay down every, like, three or four bites. Yeah, every time I'd look over, you were gone. And I'd yeah. look over, and you were just laying on the bench. My God, he's still here. Yeah, exactly. That's that's kind of how the, the rest of the day went, too. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, we, boy, the food there. Baked potatoes. Chili. Got, what, I think turkey chili, vegan chili, beef chili, chicken um, and broccoli. Chicken and broccoli. Felt the, like they had something else too there to offer. I don't know. All yeah. the fi- I wasn't all the really fixings. in the mood. The only thing that really 
got in was like water and a couple tortilla chips. Yeah. Everything else I was like. (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, after we ate, then we had the rally. We had to come home. It was getting late. You know, we had another hour and a half drive back to the Ogden area. And uh, for the first hour of the drive, we were both just in bad shape. Not a lot of chit chat. No. I kept leaning forward, (laughs) moaning, stretching my back. We were just overheated and worked. But two days later, looking back at it, that was a great adventure. It really was. I've, I've been thinking about it. And like I said, I wanted, you know, realistically, trying to put things in perspective, knowing I just wanted a good training run. But I also enjoyed, like we've talked about in our previous shows, that race atmosphere with yeah. the people and the aid station. So I was really looking forward to it. Well, the aid stations. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, those were... Top notch. Amazing. So we start at City Creek. The 60K course starts at City Creek, and they had a party going there. Mm -hmm. So that is either the first or the second aid station for the 100K folks. It's at least the second one, because I think think that's a good 20 miles in for those guys. Yeah. And it's a big one. It's like a big full-on, they have everything you want aid station. And it was stocked with food, drink, and people to the hilt. Now, this is what I really like about Luke is that he pays attention to the details, and he's going to take care of you. Yeah. And it was like that every single aid station, all the way through the course. And even on the wire drops, the wire drops yeah. were, were spaced almost perfectly. Yeah. If, if there was one thing I was going to make a suggestion on, is it would be nice to have a wire drop somewhere up on Scout Mountain. Yeah. I think that would be really hard to get one in there, but boy, that would make a, a big difference for some people, I think. Yeah, yeah so just big Thank you to to Luke and his volunteers. Yeah, they for were that. It was awesome. The volunteers were awesome. I mean, yeah. they were all over. I mean, you couldn't even get close to the aid station without someone saying, "Hey, what can I?" And they would just take oh, things straight up, spray you down right yeah, away. Too. Spray you down, give you a cold rag, a sponge, yep. and they had just a great selection. Everything you know felt fresh too, like the yeah. watermelon, the quesadillas, the, Nothing even was the PB stale. and J's, yeah. which I didn't eat. But usually, I get a PB and J, and it's like, oh, this is toasted. Yeah, like no. it's been out there for three <laughs> or four hours. Nope, they're yeah. all soft and moist. Yeah, so it was uh, all the all the volunteers for those aid stations were just amazing. Right, they really were, and it's you know Pocatello in itself, awesome. Yeah, beautiful views. Well, like when I, you get up on Scout Mountain and you don't realize this because you're like, oh, you know, Pocatello doesn't have any mountains. Well, it does. Yeah, you get up on top of Scout and you got these views, these 360 views, and you're like, this is pretty cool up yeah, there. Trees and green. And, yeah, yeah. It's and you can see little trails everywhere. Yeah, you know? I, that's the one thing that kind of blew me away was the extensive network they have of mm-hmm. trails up there. Um, a lot of the ATV and motorcycle riders have trails up there, and we use those. But man, I can't believe how many. We only scratched the surface, yeah, right? Every time I'd look around, I'd see one spawning off up some other mountain. Oh, yeah, totally. You know? And I'm like, wow, I wonder where that goes. Or, you know, it seems like you could get all kinds of runs in up there if you're local or if yeah. you want to go. And I, heck, if you're going through there, st- I recommend it. They got some good stuff. Yeah. What's the running company up there? Is it Pocatello Running Company? I think so. Yeah. Pocatello Running Company. Yeah. I'd go there, talk to those folks. They'll yeah. help you out. Yeah, that's where kind of the pre race briefing was. But uh, yeah, there's some great trails and it's green and the, the campgrounds are awesome. Yeah, that that mink mink creek mink creek that yeah. was a that's a, that's a great start finish area. Yeah, it really is. It's you know it's where we slept the night before. Yeah, you know I pulled up my air mattress on the concrete. Yeah, I can't believe you did that. And, and I slept pretty good, <laughs> other than you know about four o'clock, people started rolling in for the hundred k start. Yeah, and that kind of woke me up a little bit. That woke me up a little bit, but I was surprised. I actually went back to sl- I went back to sleep until I heard the three, two, one, and I woke up again. Yeah, yeah, I could hear I could hear all the chatter, and I. 
I don't know. I slept pretty good. No critters jumped on me. Yeah, I was a little worried about that. I was afraid you were going to wake up in the middle of the night with some rat attached to your nose, chomping know. on you. I just I just kept moving my legs very carefully, making sure nothing coiled. You know, got yeah, in there with exactly. Me. <laughs> no, <laughs> no rattlesnake yeah. snuggled up to you. So it, it was uh, it was a great. It's a great location, uh, start finish. Plenty of space. And we pulled in. There were canopies and vans, and yeah, you know, everything already set up. A lot of tents set up in the in the grass. Yep. Um, but yeah, Luke does such a great job. He's very passionate about it you could tell when he was talking about it be nice to yep. my volunteers don't litter yep. we recycle oh yeah man that was crazy you got to the any of the the aid stations and if you had a gel packet you had to be mindful where you threw your gel packet mm-hmm. right which i'm hoping more race directors are, are going this route because races really do generate a lot of trash they really do i mean if you think about it gels and food scraps and you know just product supply waste Luke does a good job of recycling all that. And his uh, finish line, I don't call them metals because they're made of aspen wood. Yeah. But the little finishers, wood medallions are pretty cool. Yeah, they are. Got a sweet Patagonia lid from it. Yeah. You, oh, you get a map, too. Yeah. You get, you get a, neat, a cool pretty neat map, map that yeah. you can you can frame up. Yep. So, yeah, it's, you know, Luke does first class job um, with his race. And if he sold out, which is awesome. Yeah, he did. He said he kind of oversold a little bit. <laughs> yeah. He got a few extra people, you know, right. had some no-shows. Yep, so it all works out in the end. But, uh, yeah, it, it's a still a race, no matter the heat. I mean, it's going to be hot this is the time of year. Yeah. It's a it's not an easy course. It's a tough course. You it's know? it's a very honest course. Yeah. You know what I mean? The the miles between the aid stations, they're going to keep you honest. Nothing comes easy. It's going to it's gonna force you to really test yourself. And you got to be prepared. You yeah, know? you do. You have to be prepared. I know there were some people that got into trouble, and there were some DNS because of the heat and he, you know, it's serious. He's like, you need to take some water. You know, it doesn't well, matter yeah. how fast you are, because some of those climbs are. People don't realize on when they do these climbs or later in the race, they like, oh, it's only five miles. You know, I can run X amount, but not in those climbs. No, late into a race, you bank you a little slow extra down, time. Definitely, yeah. significantly. And so you go through your water just a little bit quicker. I I remember this is something that really stuck out in my mind. We were coming into that. Scout Mountain Aid Station and the guy in orange. I called him the guy in orange because he had orange shirt and orange socks oh, and orange shoes on. I know it. who you're talking about. Um, he he came in. One of the volunteers asked him, "Hey, how's it going?" He's like, "Gosh, it's so hot. I haven't trained." Or he he's something like, "It would be a lot better if it wasn't hot." And one of the aid station volunteers said, "You know what? Your training would make this better." If you had trained smarter, harder, whatever, the heat wouldn't affect you as much. And I got to thinking about that a little bit. And I was like, you know what? She, she was right to say that. I mean, he was just griping, and she didn't want to hear any of his griping, yeah. and rightfully so. And it's what it comes down to is your training, you well, know? And we talked about that, and that's what I think can be difficult, right, yeah. is the heat training. Because if you want to train in the heat, you got to be out in the heat. And if yeah. you want to be out in the heat, especially where we live, you've got some other critters that like the heat. Yeah, those pesky rattlesnakes. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm terrified of them. So well, I think I'm, as you get older, you have a more healthy respect for them. Yeah. Well, I'm just terrified of them. I, I don't know if respect's a word. I'm just terrified. They scare me to death. Right. They could take my money and my car keys, and I'd let it, you know. <laughs> but that's why it's hard for me. I don't like heat, but even the thought of being out on the mountains with those rattlesnakes, I just don't like it. Yeah. Right? I mean, you don't hear about people getting bit around here. You know, you don't hear about nope. it, but 
I don't want to be that guy. No, right? nobody <laughs> wants to be that guy. And that's with my luck. That's that's might be me. So right. that's the training aspect of the heat. Because overall, um, you know, it's just like anything. You know, you train, you get what you put into it. Yeah, but I think that if you if you put in smarter training, and if you, it's more like a, a distance thing, not distance as in you know mileage, but more like you know. The, the time that you're actually training, so years. So, you know, you and I haven't had the best training over the last few years because of, you know, injury and work and stress. But let's say if we did have a good training block, six months to 12 months, um, you're going to be stronger. You're going to yeah. be faster. That means you're going to spend less time in the heat. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think that's, you know, kind of what I took away from that little, you know, interaction between the aid station volunteer and this racer is, you know, if your training is to the point where you're moving efficiently through the mountain, you're minimizing your time against those elements. Yep, that makes sense. And, and I think that's where, you know, I'm, I'm, I can speak for myself. I'm definitely lacking in that right now. You know, I, I, can, I can move pretty efficiently for 15 miles right now. I'm feeling really comfortable with that. But then once I get beyond that 15, 20-mile mark, I slow down dramatically. So that that's kind of you know I think the what you need to take away from this part of the the podcast is that that training will help you move efficiently through the mountain if you have the 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 base of work behind you. Well, and then just like the crude way to put it, which I've heard is the you know the quicker more efficient you go, the quicker you're going to be done and yeah. off the mountain, right? Yeah. Oh, so, I, I, mean, I would love to have been done a lot sooner. Oh yeah, I mean I. My my whole thought with my training and the course, knowing everything, I'm like, okay, ten hours is realistic. If it yeah. was nine thirty, I'd be pumped. Right? I I was I was shooting for that nine thirty range. Yeah. That that was my goal was to hit the nine thirty. I was like, okay, I don't have a whole lot of training in my system right now. Yeah. I might be able to squeak out nine thirty. When I got to the second aid station and three and a half hours I was like, Oh, I'm gonna hit that. Yeah. But then the elements and just lack of training, training. caught up to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that mark. I mean, there's some great times. Great. I oh mean, yeah. But it's just what the people put in too. Is like yeah. you just mentioned is the training. You, you know, if you're trained, if you've been, you know, talked to a few people that already done a few big long races or Grand Canyon trips or even co- been coached, right? Because right. if you have a coach and you know what you're getting into, they're going to train specifically for certain things as well. Right. Um, so I think a lot of that played into it. So for me, a 10 hour, super pumped. It was like 940 something. So right. I was like in between my awesome and my goal. So I right. feel good. You yeah. know, and I pretty sore today so i know i worked oh yeah um but then you know kind of switching the tune a little bit and we we just talked about this is uh coach ty yeah he had a big day he did have a big day <laughs> right i mean he ran the was 30 k 30k with, with his, his son boy. Yep. and he killed it in like 5 30 that's really good that's really good i don't think his son was happy yeah yeah he didn't look happy and ty even mentioned it but ty was proud of him he Heck did a yeah. great that's impressive yeah it is because that's an like i said that's an honest course <laughs> yeah that, 30, that thing's hard 30 35k whatever it is is not an easy no 30, because you're on the scout K mountainside right of the race away. course and there's nothing easy over there yeah um but then his uh the 100k winner yep he trains that he coaches that guy yep he coached the 35k winner. Yep. Right. Um, he coached there. You obviously. Yep. Um, so you know, minimal training. Yep. For the most part, came in with un- under my goal time. Yeah. And he uh, coached uh, our friend of the show, Debbie Farka. Yep. And she crushed it. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Fifth woman. Yeah, like 820. 
That's fast. And she, like, when me and you, like, I saw her at the finish when I finished, and she was all bubbly and, hey, well, I got to go, so tell you. I'm looking at her like, oh, you know. <laughs> so she even, like, the training part. Yeah. Um, and then I, you know, been playing with the uh, Bear 100 training plan that I got from Ty. Right. So, and talking with Ty, he doesn't have really any spots left. I think he's got one. I bet you he can squeeze two in there. Yeah. Well, Maybe not, but I'm I'm always optimistic that he can handle one or two more clients if you're the right client. Yeah, and that's what's it's great though is to see him with all these great clients. Yeah, and they're doing well. Yeah, the success rate is really high I right mean, now. And you go back to his his high school stuff. They won state. They won state. Know? So he's got first time they won state in how many years? I don't the, know. On the track side, the cross country yeah. side, they're they're crushing it. Yeah, but we're talking about the the track and field side. They, so these he, boys are and girls are doing awesome up there. So we've warned you for months. Yeah, you know about coaching and if you want a good one. So now you might be too late. But if you're looking well, for one, <laughs> with Ty, you might especially. be able to squeak one one person in there. But yeah. you got to be the right person. You know, you, I think that you have to be respectful of his time. Yeah. Right. You, you can't overwhelm him with requests. Um, because right now, the, the way I, I use it is he sends me a plan for a month, and I look it over, and if there's any questions, I'll send him a quick message. And then that's it. That, that's all I want out of it is just a plan. And then in the back of my mind, I know I, it's up to me to be accountable more than anything else. And then he's just there if I have a, plan, if I have a question or if I need to tweak something. Um, so, again, if you want a coach, always be respectful of the coach, whether it's Coach Ty, uh, Coach Coop, um, the uphill guys, uphill athlete guys, you know, just be respectful of their time. Um, if you're looking for something less, maybe price involved, Ty Drain's got those pre-made plans yeah, that's on his what website. I've, that's what I've been doing on the bear one. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't get a hold of him. Yeah. You know, and I, there's things I don't understand. And that's the other thing, because I was pretty, I don't have a running background. Yeah, I don't my, either. My running background is chasing a soccer ball. Yeah, mine too. Uh, running from the cops. Uh, yeah, I, I got a good story about that too. <laughs> but I don't have a running background, so when when he sent me, oh, I was a little nervous because we talked about this. When you do something like this, it's it's accountability. Yeah, right. I mean, you you have to. It, you might be paying them for their services, but you don't want to waste their time. Exa- well, yes, right. Like I said, don't don't overwhelm them. Yeah, right. I, but you don't want to waste their time by not doing what they're asking you to do, right? And then them it makes it harder for them. So if you want to do it and you're serious about it, great, but don't be nervous. Like, or you can, don't be scared. Cause right. I got the bear 100 training plan and I was scared. Cause I'm like, I've never run like, and I know the term fart lick and right. strides and you know, all these other things. But He's got like power run on there. Yeah. And yeah. so I, and I told him, I said, well, I don't know what some of these are. So I talked to Joel or even Debbie to ask. He's like, Oh, you, you can ask me, you know, it's right. the, if you're doing the plan or whatever. But I, for the minimal amount of training, I've just mainly incorporated, from the training plan, a lot of the strides, right, right, that we've been I've done with you a few times, and as bad as they suck, I can definitely tell a difference. Yeah, you know, then there's like the hundred meter sprints and the warm ups and the hills and the different things, and I've I've usually just gone out and ran, right, and just kind of at your own pace, kind yeah, of leisure. Like, oh, today I'm going for ten miles, right. Tomorrow I'm going for thirteen. Yeah, you know, there's people that have wanted me to do some speed work in the past, and I'm I'm good. I, I know it must yeah. fast, so I don't do it anyway. So. But it's don't be nervous or scared of it if you don't know, because I know there's a lot of people out there that are getting into this and, you know, are kind of maybe thinking about it. But it's like, well, I don't have a running background. Right. Well, at one point, nobody had a running background. Exactly. Right. And that's kind of how I'm going into it. And the same thing when I went to your gym is I didn't have a background there. And so I waited, waited, waited. Right. You get it. Um, But, yeah, I think the training stuff, 
just seeing, you know, the people he's worked with and not just to say just Ty, but I think for us, that's kind of the most experience we have. Like you mentioned, right. there's like Jason Coop and there's a lot of good coaches out there. Right. Um, but there are, I've seen some and, you uh, know, Ian Sharman too. Let's mention yeah, him. Yeah. I mean, he, he's got a big coaching, uh, Carl coaches. Yeah, Carl does. So, um, I mean, there's a lot of good coaches out there, but there are some that maybe, I won't say there aren't good coaches, but maybe don't have the pedigree as some of these other guys. Right. You got to find somebody that's a good fit for you, too. Yeah. And so it's not just a matter of going online, hitting the paint out button and right. on your way type thing. Um, but it's it's fun for me to sit back and watch you, uh, Debbie, especially because I see you guys the most, just how well you guys are doing and training. Right. You know, and how well racing's going. I mean, we did Tempt a few weeks ago, and both right. of you had good days there. Yeah. Um, just to know that this tweak and the commitment to do something like this can make that big of a difference yeah it's pretty amazing when yeah. you're committed to something how how well well the improvements yeah. that you see almost immediately um and i'm looking at this thing as a long term yeah you know i when i first came to tie um i told him i'm said I'm, I'm tired a second that was <laughs> the first thing i told him and then i said you know what I, i'd like to have a consistent block of training structured training so that way i can do well in 2017 so I was playing the long game. Um, I want to, you know, get through 2016 healthy, um, have a really good foundation, and then, like Scott Jaime says, I want to see what that genetic potential is next year. Yeah. But I know I got to lay the foundation this year. Well, and I think that boils it down to the same thing is, you know, not everybody's built or wired that way, but there's definitely a lot out there that you want to see what you're capable of. Yeah. You know, and it's hard to do that when you do it half-assed. Yeah, and right. I, I don't. Maybe that's not the best way to say what what maybe we've been doing, but it kind of is. You know, we just go out and you just run because you love it. Yeah, you like being in the the mountains on the trails with your friends, but you spend a lot of time out there, right? So let's see what we can do about it. Well, and, and if you want to take it to that next level, that's just the way to do it because it's easier, right, to fall back and say, oh, you know, not this week. Or, yeah, I'm just cruising this week. No biggie. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the that's the fun slash interesting part to see that that next level of what you're capable of. Right. You know? Because, you know, when you have those days, which aren't all the time, even when you're trained and coached and yeah. everything else, I mean, when you but when you do have that day, it can carry you a long way. Oh yeah, big mental boost, right? Because yeah. um, you're, you know, you're gonna have those sucky runs and feel like craps, and yeah, like know. right now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, it's like, well, Saturday we put in an honest effort. Yeah, you know, we pushed a little harder than you know at times, and it's it's a building block because now if someone says, hey, let's go for a twenty mile run. It's still 20 miles, but two weeks ago, someone said, let's go for a 20-mile run. I went, man, I got to get back. You know? Yeah. It's just that that mental confidence thing. Yeah, it is, for sure. So, I mean, you know, I got a 50-miler coming up in, you know, a week and a half. Right. A week week and a half ago, I was terrified. Now I'm just scared, right? Yeah. (laughs) Because it's in Bryce. It's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. There's a lot of climbing. That that course, it either climbs or it descends. There's nothing in between, it seems like. But at least it's a little more confidence after what you oh, know, yeah. we got we, we went through or what happened or transpired this last weekend. So Right. Sometimes you need to go through that crucible of fire, right? To get a little stronger, to sharpen the, the edge a bit. Well, and just the mental aspect of it. 
Oh yeah, you know of doing those things, and I, I I've said it in the last few shows, but thanks to Eric Johnson, I just kept going back to his stuff. Right. I really did through that. Just craze. having a good time. Smile, right? be grateful, be gracious to the volunteers. Yeah, and I've even had a couple people since Saturday ask me the same question, and my 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 response now is going to be different when they say, "Why do you do that?" You know, it's like Cause it's you, you look like hell. It was yeah. hot. Oh, it it was hot. took you nine hours forty five minutes. That's right. longer than most people's work days. Yep. Why do you do it? And realistically, the answer I've come up with that I'm going to stick to is I get to. Yeah. Right? Like I have I want this. To. Yeah, I, I get to. I have an opportunity. I get to do these things. Yeah. You know, it's like if you don't, that's great. But I get to do this. I'm I'm physically able. Yeah. Mentally, well, I mean, we could question that all day, but I'm able to do it. Right. Um, but it's you get to. You get to experience this because there's going to come a day when I can't. Yeah, you know, and it, hopefully it doesn't come too soon because there's still some things I want to do. But at the end of the day, you do it because you get to, you want to, right? And that's that's kind of it with me. It's out the explanation window. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't understand it, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Some people just don't. No, I, mean, I didn't before I started doing it. Yeah, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to explain. Yeah, as someone said, it's like, and I've heard this many times. It's like explaining colors to someone that's blind. Right. That's probably a good way to describe it's it. It's just you can't until you've seen it or experienced you've experienced it. it. So you even when even if you experience it once, you might be like, That was stupid. Yeah. Why why would I subject myself? And I've said that many times on runs. Oh yeah. I've I've quit running several times <laughs> during races. Well, I've retired many times. <laughs> yeah. And I this was the first time I, I think in a long time that I got to the end of the race and I was hurting bad, beat up, but mentally I was fine. Yeah. Even even though, you know, it was like worst case scenario, it was super hot, you know, dehydrated, beat down. But mentally I never said, I'm done with this. Yeah. Yep. That's, I mean, I just, there were times I kept repeating to myself, uh, keep moving forward to get there quicker. Yeah, exactly. You know that, I mean? that, that's 12 the truth. minute paces, you'll get there faster than a 15 minute pace that's if you're walking. That's the truth. Yeah. Um, and as bad as it sucked, it's like, well, it's less time out here. Yeah. Um, run when you can, walk when you you, know, you can't. Yeah. That's Try not to throw up too. Yeah. That was which, the mantra of the day for me. You know, and I was pretty excited about that aspect you mentioned is the stomach issues. I pretty much didn't have any. The only time I had it is when I had that quesadilla. Right. Which, and then uh, the last aid station, 31, where Carl and Rock were had some Coke. Yeah. And I hadn't had soda or anything like that, like I said, in seven weeks. And that got to me a little bit. Because in the past, Coke has been my late race. Go get, go get it. Right. Um, but this one did not work out. <laughs> yeah. But I never got to the point where I was like, this is not going to end well. Yeah, I think, you know, at that last aid station, I had a little too much food and Coke, and that kind of hurt me for a little bit. But then, really, it was just the heat. Yeah, that's that's kind of it at the end of the day. So, yep. I mean, that's that's a pretty good, and, you know, at the end of the day, too, you know, all said and done, it's just nice, again, to be around so many like-minded people oh great people you know there's just even the, the runners i met some great people a lady from canada who who talked to me about you know what her town is consists of running wise oh, that's and right. athletic wise which was neat and you know a few other people that you know had listened to our show that you know said hello and, and right. talked to us that way and um just some of the stories and you see people out on the trail and you just kind of shake your head you know because this ultra running or even trail running for that matter it's not what people envision by watching like a marathon on tv right you know it's all walks of life all ages yep. there were young kids there were older people there were you know all sizes really oh yeah but you you, you learn early on in your in your kind of your racing career not to be judgmental of somebody no nope. 
Because later in the race, when that person comes whooping by you, you're like, all right, I get it. Good on you. Yeah. 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 My first 50K was Greenland years and years ago. Was, uh, Scott Jaime got me out there. And we started the starting line. And I had this competitive soccer background. Right. And we're lining up at the start. And we take off. And, I, you know, I wasn't a runner, but, you know, I had a different mindset. And uh, this guy, I'm not exact. He was 70, at least. Yeah. No joke. Full-on cotton sweatpants that you wore in the 70s. Oh, yeah. Full-on cotton sweatshirt, all gray. Yeah, yeah. Right? Road running shoes. Yeah. And I'm looking at him going, no way. you like, I got his number. Yeah. Dude, he crushed me. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, that was my first real experience in the ultra scene. I'm like, all right, this is totally different than their whole life I've led before. Absolutely, this man. <laughs> that Any race you line up, that's going to happen. Yeah, it was, you, it you're was gonna, a, the, the person you least expect is going to crush you. Yeah, it was a rude awakening. Mine was a, the, the Skechers girl. So this was at Vaquero Local, my first time at Vaquero Local. And uh, we're descending after you do the first bit climb, and there's this girl in Skechers. And it bugged me. I'm like, somebody in Skechers should not be beating me, right? <laughs> so we get to the turnaround, and she's still whooping me. <laughs> and it's really bugging me. <laughs> and we're talking like, we're, we're not talking like like the, the Go Run Ultra Skechers. We're talking like six, seven years ago. The Rockers? The, 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 yeah, pretty much like the white Skechers. <laughs> and man, that just ate me up the whole way. Back to the 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 finish line, I, I finally got right at the finish, and uh, that that was not a very proud moment. But that that taught me that you, you never judge that person by what they're wearing or what their body size is, because you're going to get whooped by everybody. Everybody's going to, you know, everybody. You don't know what they train and how they train and what their, their genetics is. are. You yeah, know exactly. I had a friend up in Montana that ran. It was kind of like an off-road marathon, nothing like real mountainous, but it was more on like a service road. Yeah. And it was his, I don't know, if, I don't think it was his first marathon, but anyway, he shot me an email and he was telling me all about his race and, you know, how he didn't, how he wanted to do a certain time. And some lady came, he was looking to one side and a lady came blazing by him with like a mile to go. Yeah. And he thought to himself, okay, as far as I know, um, that's the first woman that's in front of me. Right. right, and so in running, they call it being chicked. Right, which there's nothing. I've always been chicked. And oh yeah, every the, race, everybody's gonna do happen it. But anyway, he he sees her, and he's like got a mile to go, and he's like, mm, not happening. Right, he took off with a mile to go sprinting. Well, she must have felt it. He said because yeah. she increased her oh. speed, and it was like a race for one mile at the end of a marathon. She beat him. Yeah, he crossed the finish line, and he's like, Eric, I didn't get chicked. I got fetused. She was uh, pregnant. Oh. <laughs> And so Mama he, power. Yeah. And he was so bummed and he was just, he was laughing and we had a good, good laugh about it. But he's right. like, I've been training good. And she just blew by and she held me off the last mile. That's so awesome. And then I go in front of her and she was not like going to have the baby today, but right. it was noticeable. And yeah. you know, she's like, yeah, this is my last run before I, you know, have a baby. And he's like, oh, good job, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah. So if you're getting into it, just do it for yourself. Yeah. You know, do it for the right reasons. That's, do it to have fun. Yeah. That's, that's what it comes down to. Because there's a good group of people out there. There right? is, and that's every that, race has a good group of people. Always, yep. and you always find it in your pack. Because the race starts, it kind of yeah, you find your little group, out. right? You find your group of like six people that you yep. can flop, flip flop yep. the rest of the day with, and then it becomes comical. And then, it, like you did at the end of the race, there's that other guy. I think his name. You said his name is Ben. I thought his name was Ben. It, yeah. In any way, you were like, "Come on, man, let's go!" Because yeah. we all came in there. Together. He did not want to get out of that station either. I was and like, he, "Come on, man, let's go!" He left, I think, quite and a bit. And then the after green, us. green shirt girl, she went with us. Yeah, she went with us. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, you just get this group of people and you end up just helping each other to the finish line and it's, yeah, yeah. it kind of makes it fun a little bit. And then it depends on what you do. I like the way I like to race just cause it's fun for me and pushes me is when I hit the last aid station, my goal is not let anybody pass me. Right. That's my goal. That and used it, to be mine too, but now just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I haven't raced enough lately to have that happen, but just for me, it's just kind of a good thing to help push me to the finish. Right. You know? And so this time you know, someone did, but I ended up going past them again. So it actually worked out. Yeah. But it's just a good way to, to push. But yeah, you just meet these super cool people. Yeah. And then you find out sometimes where they're from, who they are, what they do. And it's pretty inspiring, really. Yeah. It is. You know? um, and, you know, I guess at the end of the day, you kind of hope you can do that to people yourself. Absolutely. Right. And, you know, one guy even came up to me and he says, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and he goes, I really like your guys' show. And right. And I was really like touched i'm like well i really appreciate that you know and he's like the one thing i like about it is you guys are true to who you are and you don't like conform to not offend or you know what i mean it's oh like, yeah because we talk about drinking beer and there's people that don't do that and well, yeah you know there's different things we say that might ruffle different feathers but we're, it, we're I, not drinking beer right now folks yeah we're not it's, i'm still sipping coffee i'm still trying to wake it's up it's 10 30 in the morning and <laughs> we're both a little bleary eyed right now um but uh, you know and that made me feel good because you know people ask me anyway a lot of time why do you know what do you guys do it for and it's like because it's fun. fun yeah it's fun and we enjoy it and if you can see it we me and joel at the pocatello race we start saw a truck drive by with a trail manor sticker in the that window. was hilarious we were chasing that person we we're like, in the parking oh, lot yeah this is awesome yeah and end up being Ty, <laughs> which isn't bad if we're glad ty has it on he's like he said he's representing but it's like wow there's a sticker on a car a trail manor sticker <laughs> we are famous that's right so <laughs> and it ends up being our buddy ty draining yeah, it's like dang it uh we'll take it yep um so yeah i mean whether you're running racing training just getting up in the mountains just at the end of the day just like uh we've said eric johnson and many others said before us just do it for the right reasons and have fun that's right you know, whether it's just to lose some weight whether it's to get fit whether it's to live longer get a better ticker you know whatever it is just keep it in mind why you're doing it and make sure you understand the reason you're doing it and not because you think other people think you should do it or how I fast you should go or what race you should run or how far you should go I think that's a great way to end the show. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thanks for uh, listening. Sorry uh, we couldn't catch up with anybody at SMUD. I know there are a few people that reached out to us. Um, we did hang around for a little while. You may not have saw us because we were looking pretty grim. But Yeah. But uh, maybe next time. So, uh, again, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah. And uh, we'll catch you later. Thank you for listening to the Trail Manners Podcast. We appreciate you taking the time to listen. We'd also like to encourage everybody to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Trail Manners, or even share us with your friends. Don't leave them out in the cold. Uh, we also want to encourage you to swing by our website at www.trailmanners.com. There you can see some cool Trail Manners gear for purchase. There's also a donate button to help keep us going. Well, on the contact page, you can let us know what you want to see, who you want to hear, or even if you want to be on our show. So until next time, this is Eric Manning with Joel Hatch reminding you, you don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. Now go get it.